welcome back to Screen of Consciousness. I'm Jonathan, and I'm here with Dimitri. Greetings, friends. Now, today we thought, because, you know, we, we, I'd say we're mostly movie-based at the moment, but I thought today we should talk more about television. You know, the, the wonderful little medium that everyone's loving at the moment. I mean, as movies are not being released, really, um, and they're going onto our computers and phones and stuff i thought you know tv um is obviously doing really well at the moment especially on netflix you know netflix has kind of changed the whole game really hasn't it so i thought we should we should talk about the true crime documentaries that have been on netflix to open this conversation i think we should talk talk about probably netflix most famous documentary true crime documentary they made which is making a murderer um now for those of you who don't know that or just need a refresher making a murderer is 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 about um a man called stephen avery um, I don't really want to give any spoilers in case you haven't seen it, but basically it's a very complicated plot. Essentially, he is he's he's in prison for a crime um, that he may or may not have committed. And the point of the show is to, I mean, whether or not he's Sorry, guilty. Jonathan, can I jump in there? Because I think we can give at least the intro away, because I think it's important that he, uh, Stephen Avery spent 18 years in prison for a crime he definitely did not commit. The first yes. time around, uh, because he was accused for rape, and then DNA evidence later showed that uh, it was a hundred percent clear that it yeah, was it not him, him because yeah. they actually found the person who committed it. So he spent eighteen years in jail as an innocent yes. man, and yes. then one was released, and then uh, yes. he's hit the second time around. And I think that's what you're referring to, right? This for yes. the second crime that we we can't know for certain whether or not he committed. Yes, at least we can't at the moment. That's kind of the point of the documentary. And I think what I always say, you know, to people when I've watched this is whether or not he's guilty or innocent, I'm not sure is necessarily the entire point of the documentary. I really think what the point of the documentary is mainly about the system in terms of the law system in America. Does the system work? Is the system actually helping people? Are people getting fair trials? I think that's really what the point of it is comes down to. Um, of course, we want to think he is innocent um, and that's a big drive of the whole show. But I think really it's the point is if the way that he is being presented in a court, um, is that helping him? It, it, you know, is that really helping him? Is the American justice system actually good? I think that's really what the entire documentary is about. Um, but of course it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a very uh, philosophical show in that way. It's all about the people. It's all about his, him, his family, his friends, um, and, and his lawyers. And his lawyers, exactly. And all the people who have been affected by his life. Um, the first series, I think, is very different from the second series. I think the second series is more interesting in some ways because of the uh, because of Kathleen uh, Zellner. Um, she is a brilliant character. She's an amazing woman, obviously. Just she's, incredible. Incredible. She's, she's brilliant. And I do think in both series sometimes it's over long i think the episodes are slightly too much they obviously did a lot of filming they've shot a lot of content i'm not sure you necessarily have to see it all because i think it does get a bit slow at times that's just my personal opinion um but it, it's definitely a very harrowing and disturbing and unpleasant fact to think about this is happening to someone um and as i said whether or not he's guilty is it still fair for him to be treated in this way. That's really what, what it comes down to, I think. I mean, I have so much to say because I, I adore this series and I saw I saw uh, the first season when it came out and I think, I really think it made Netflix in the same way that uh, 
a fictional TV series, House of Cards, put Netflix on the map, right? I think that mm. was really their main reason of existence uh, as a producer, not just a platform for watching films and TV, but as pr- as, pr- as a producer of their own stuff. I think uh, mm. House of Cards, yeah. absolutely, you know, they just exploded onto the scene with production values, great actors, and, you know, I think for the first season, at least, it was pretty well written and directed. Um, <laughs> uh, I would disagree, but that's another uh, conversation. Uh, we'll, uh, but you will agree, at least, that, you know, it, it looked like a major... Uh, I mean, it looked yeah. the same kind of TV series that the BBC or HBO would make, right? Oh, yeah, it's very high-end. Uh, it's massively high-end, you're right. And, and, it, looks, and it looks incredible. You're and right. I think with, with Making Murder, and, and, you know, I certainly pr- prefer that uh, to House of Cards if, if, if forced to press between the two, because I actually think Making Murder was better in terms of quality and production values and thoroughness than any other documentary series, at least in the, in the crew crime arena that we have mm. seen on the BBC, for instance. I don't think they've ever done anything this good uh, oh, no. or, no, or this I, I large guess, scale. Uh, I guess a big part of that is the fact that in America they film the courts. They film the, the trial. Mm. So obviously that really helps in terms of editing because we can actually watch it. You know, yes. People can talk about what happened and then we can see it, whereas you can't do that in... I don't think you can really mm. do that in the UK. Um, so that does help, I think. But also the fact that I think it, they filmed for 11 years. And, and as you yes. say, I, I, I agree, it, it gets a tad long. But, but there is also something I just have to mention. I wanted to say that uh, from the outset also, the, the distinction between film and TV anyway, and especially with the smaller screens, I think storytelling, visual storytelling now, is actually, it, it gets somewhat less about the visuals in terms of, Mm. You still want it to look nice, but in terms of, you know, brilliant uh, angles or uh, editing, you know, this the sort of Orson Welles school of directing, I think, is losing out a little bit in favor of plot and character, because that's what, even on the smallest screen, you can follow a story and you can relate to characters. Uh, so I think, you know, actors and, and, and writers for TV and for films now are so important, mm. and whether they always live up to the task, you know, that's another matter. But I think that's what's so... A true, and I'm sure that's partly why true crime documentaries have become so popular, and I think Making Murder is an incredible example of that, that it has, you know, the, the story is just, it is harrowing, but it's also fascinating, it is exciting to watch, and the characters in this, in this case, it's real people, but they are so unbelievably strong and I think it's such an emotional series and I often said to for instance to my parents when I was watching it and then late they later watched it and they really uh, really were impressed with it as well it's like I always say, often said that you just don't see characters that well written in fiction you would mm. never and I think yeah. from Stephen Avery his parents who are I just think it's heartbreaking to watch them uh, uh, but also I think both his lawyers in season one and especially his lawyer Kathleen Zellner in season two. Like, yes, you are right. She is just—it's like some unbelievably wonderful female character that you just don't see in films nowadays. You yeah. know, if someone were to—I like, don't—I don't I haven't seen anyone write a, a woman that well in ages. Which I think you know that's uh, what a shame for screenwriters because here she's a real life woman who is mm. who is incredibly smart, strong, has a yeah. sense of humor. She's really cool. This shots where she's... Uh, so for people who don't know uh, her and um, haven't seen this, she's a very prominent American lawyer. I believe she's the head of something called The Innocence Project. Is that correct? Yes, um, yes. Where yes. they do take a kind of cases for appeal where they believe a person has been wrongfully convicted. 
and as she makes clear, it's very, very difficult, uh, difficult actually, to win yeah. an appeal. Uh, yes. So it's very, you know she's it, very thorough. She has to be incredibly mm. thorough. I think that's one of the strengths of the second series. She goes through everything in detail. She talks about her process. She shows what she has to do, how she has to do it. She's so obviously very intelligent. She's also very, very you know detailed in everything that she's doing and i think that's one of really one of the most interesting things about the second series as well is that you can just see how that process has to happen and how long it takes as well it's crazy to think how long it takes and i think it's interesting you just mentioned about characters and stuff because obviously these are real people and i think sometimes one of the reason why people love the true crime shows is because they are even more insane than what would happen in a fictional story you know you think if this was a film no one would believe it. You wouldn't that. believe it. No, you wouldn't think it was real. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, and, and I think sometimes it's hard to forget that these are people's real lives. They're real people who are being affected by all this stuff. And it's easy for us to watch it and go, oh, wow, that was really interesting. And you think about it for a few days and then you forget it. But those people are still living. They're still struggling. They're still fighting, you know, for justice in a lot of cases. And it's, it, you know, that makes it more upsetting i think to think that these people are having to deal with this and we're all very lucky that we don't um to be fair though i w- I, I would add that it's especially making a murder really has led to so many people i think delving into these um uh, they are the, the injustices of the american justice system i think there's just no mm. other way to uh to go about it it's it's very clearly broken in many ways and also of course people you know are writing to stephen avery a lot of people are interested in his case and i uh in the last election of governor election of wisconsin where this take place the governor scott walker was voted out and you know of course there's no way of proving that it had any connection to the series but it's interesting because he personally uh was very much responsible for trying to deny Stephen Avery appeals. Uh, maybe you mm-hmm. remember it from, I think it must be in season two, where they tried to appeal to the governor, and mm-hmm. he was just, no, 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 he was a sort of fairly hardline um, law and order Republican. Uh, and, uh, you know, so he's gone. Uh, whether that will have any effect on Stephen Avery's case, I guess we'll see in, in, in season three. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, but I think I, you're right that... Uh, it it is it's just so shocking and there isn't that um i think it's it's challenging to watch because it is real and you, you just have to uh i think you're forced to kind of look at something that's very unpleasant uh in in our time in our mm. sort of developed civilized part of the world i think it's so interesting to see how class based uh how how class still plays such a part in yeah, american justice in the same way that i'm i'm sure race does uh as you know recently has been a a a, a big uh, matter of you know conversation uh, but yeah. c- classes and of course they intersect often uh class and race but here we do have a white person in a white state so the race doesn't really play into it but the way he's treated uh is absolutely as an outcast because he's poor and also mm-hmm. as i think they explained very well in the series that uh, his family is also just considered a, a bit weird and off somehow so even yeah. for a kind of white working class uh, uh they are still outcasts even in that uh low cased in the american mm-hmm. system Yes. But the case is just unbelievable, unbelievable. Yes. And I urge, if someone hasn't seen it yet, watch it. I think this series affected me incredibly uh, powerfully. Yeah. I think a lot of the reasons why some people might not want to watch the true crime documentaries is because 
a lot of the, you know, specifically making a murder we're discussing, there is no resolution at the moment. You know, it's not ended yet. Nothing has been solved. So even if you watch series one and two, it's not like a TV show where there's a happy ending or there's an ending. There's no ending yet. It's still going on, which actually kind of reminds me of The Keepers, which is another Netflix documentary, um, which was released in 2017. And The Keepers is about a nun who was murdered in Baltimore. Um, and basically the documentary is, once again, it's looking at, well, I say it's looking more at the police um, and also school system and also the Catholic Church, all of these kind of, you know, authority figures and this woman who tried to stand up against them and was ultimately murdered. But we don't know who did it. We don't know. You know, there's no there's no real conclusion to the documentary. It's more of a story telling her life, her journey until it was unfortunately came to an end because she was murdered. But I might uh, disagree with you somewhat on the keepers because... I agree with everything you said, so rather let me add, I think it's as much, if not more, a story of several women who were her uh, pupils yes, at the school, the uh, pupils yeah. of this nun, who yeah. uh, f almost 50 years later, and they are now uh, you know, quite elderly, they mm. take up this case and try to get to the bottom of it, and I think for them there is definitely some kind of closure, because I think the important thing yes, is that they do true. not allow the... A killing of this nun to be forgotten. Yes, and, that's true. And also, they, just they want do her get some. To be told, don't uh, they? And also, some of them, especially one of them, uh, does get a lot of uh, personal. Well, I certainly think she does get a catharsis in terms of like she even talks about this specifically because she has yeah. repressed. Uh, she was she suffered abuse and she repressed it for a very long time, and then she came to came to terms with it and spoke openly about it and clearly mm. that was you know of course that was a huge moment in her life mm. and um, also they get some and i think you know that's what i love about this because i think good drama if we're talking about fiction shouldn't serve us very easy solutions uh mm. which i think hollywood is very guilty of much of the time uh because i think there's also the you you know we cannot achieve uh, perfection, but we can strive forward and and you know take baby steps. And I think even the keepers, some some of these very corrupt and evil actors in mm -hmm. in in the system of Baltimore uh, and specific specifically in the Catholic Church, they mm -hmm. are held to some kind of account. You know, they they are removed. Yeah. The priest, for instance, is sort of hounded into uh, into a kind of internal exile and obscurity. Um, and, yeah, uh, I guess you're. I guess you're right to mention about the catharticness for the actual people because I guess ultimately they just want their story to be heard and they just want to not be called liars. They don't want to be told that it never happened to them. And I think that is definitely true for yeah for the keepers. These poor women who have gone through terrible things. They just wanted someone to acknowledge actually, this is yeah we we can we we believe you. We believe it happened to you. Quite a lot we talk, you know, about male and female characters. And I just have to say, we talked about Kathleen Zellner in uh, Making Murder. Yes. In The Keepers, yes. all of our main characters are women. And they're s it's so fascinating to watch them. And it's so, I think it's so fantastic to watch them because it's, uh, I mean, they're grandmas in their 60s or 70s, uh, most mm. of them. Uh, yeah. And they sort of play detectives, but not in a silly way, but they actually get a lot of things done. And they grew yeah, up they certainly do, yeah. in a time and in a community where there was 
you know where women were not equal and i think mm. actually speaking of justice because we i mentioned class for making murder i think the keepers is very much about sex because yes. very clearly all the victims here or uh, i think there might, might have been some men but most of the victims are uh, women and all the yes. perpetrators are men and yes. uh, and part of the th- uh, it was that sadly 50 years ago it was pretty easy to get away with it uh, as yes. a man abusing women and specifically yeah. as a priest abusing girls at a catholic school and i yes. guess these women now not only have they you know there have there has been improvement two generations down but they themselves sort of take back their agency 50 years later and i think it's a beautiful yeah. sight and they're just so, so wonderful and such such strong and just characters that you you love and you really admire them Yes, no, you're right. They they are great. They are great people, and and after all they've been through, yeah, the fact that they have the guts and they have the strength to kind of overcome that and to keep going is is very impressive. And I think that does really remind me of the documentary that came out this year about Jeffrey Epstein, which is called Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich, which is also on Netflix. I know that you haven't seen it yet, um, but I'm so no spoilers. Sp- is he I'm, a bad guy? Say, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, exactly. But I guess just it just reminded me of this because obviously the whole point of this is that um, it's a, once again it's about women who just wanted to tell their story you know horrible things have happened to them um and then they have been vilified in the press um over the last few years or not few years but over the last 10 20 years because obviously they tried to come out with their stories um they got shot down everyone called them liars you know the press have called them prostitutes where they weren't obviously prostitutes they were being sexually abused um so it's once again it's a group of women who have come together to say look this happened to me it's not okay why is this acceptable they tried to get justice um whether or not they've got justice is debatable i guess but as you said before the, the fact that their story is now being told and people are listening to them is for them probably really important just as much of as as getting you know jeffrey epstein convicted um because you know you just don't want to be called a liar do you, you don't want to be told that your story isn't real and that your uh, everything you've been through doesn't mean anything and i think ultimately all these poor women that have been victims um yeah it, it's it's really sad to watch and obviously this is another documentary that's still going on at the moment as we know um although jeffrey epstein may be uh, gone other players other key players are still alive but we don't just don't know who they all are yet mm. and and i guess you know this is where the real justice would be to fi- find out and convict them and i think it's uh, i'm sure for many many of his victims it is uh, it is must be a source of incredible frustration that jeffrey epstein was allowed to whether he hanged himself or was hanged uh, he escaped a proper scrutiny and official justice by dying but on the other hand at least he's not going to harm anyone else um well personally I mean... because uh, because as as far as i know with his story the, with the incredible thing is that he was sentenced and then uh sentenced very lightly about 50 years ago was it mm-hmm. and then basically continued doing what he had done before that uh, as if yeah. nothing had happened at yeah. least now he's dead yes um, you, you need to watch it because i think you know going back to making a murderer showing how the american justice system works obviously as you were saying about class, you know, when it's a, a very poor man from Wisconsin, you know, he gets the book thrown at him. When it's Jeffrey Epstein, who's a, a billionaire, who's friends with all the richest people in the world, he gets nothing um, for doing, obviously, you know, awful, awful things for a very long time to lots of t- different people. So it kind of shows you once again, how can one person get off and one person gets put in prison? But, 
you know, it's all about money, really. I think that's what it comes down to. I think you definitely need to watch it, though, because I think you'd be really interested in what the documentary says. And I, I like the, the angle. It's the way it's been filmed and directed um, and the way the stories are told, I think is really interesting because most of the stories are from the victims point of views. Um, and the it, it very cleverly moves between times as in, you know, from one time to the next so that you can kind of keep the story going there's so many different parts of the story it's very multi-layered but i think it's very well edited uh, so that you can understand what's happening and remember what's happening to each person as well because every person is in the chain somewhere and it's hard to kind of keep tra track of them all so it's, it's definitely very interesting I think I'd like to bring in um, probably the final series that we have time to discuss today, uh, which is called The Staircase, uh, yes. another uh, true crime documentary. And I think th this is interesting because it goes a little bit against what we've been saying, because here we have... Uh, as uh, the suspect, uh, a man called Michael Peterson, uh, who is uh, who is an American writer and was married to uh, to an, an, a pretty a wealthy woman. So he's definitely not low class. He is, um, I guess, upper middle class, you would say. And you know, he's part of he's, you know, just a little crudely, perhaps you could say, he's an intellectual elite, right? I mean, he's a published author, um, and yet he was treated. Uh, in a very uh, certainly in a very harsh way and i think the staircase is 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 maybe slightly less clear than to me at least personally than uh, making a murderer on, yeah. on the matter of his innocence uh, personally i i am quite convinced that he is innocent of murdering his wife which is uh what the the series is about and his court case was about whether he uh murdered his wife and then passed it off as an accident because yeah. according to him he she unfortunately fell fell down the stairs uh that's why it's called the staircase um uh, yeah now in michael peterson's case it's very interesting and he makes that clear uh, as do his lawyers in the series that in fact his status may have played against him somewhat because one of the things he, he wrote about he he wrote some journalistic articles and among other things he criticized the police uh if i recall correctly mm -hmm. in his city and yes. surely they were very aware of this fact when they were very, very keen on, uh, on well, on proving him guilty because he was arrested after the death of his wife. And one of the contentions is that they 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 didn't just as is in the case of Stephen Avery, there was never any interest on the part of the police or the prosecution to consider other suspects to look at other suspects. No, it was well the first guy we have in custody, that's got to be the one. Uh, yeah, which I'm yeah. I'm sure it happens all the time because it's easy, right? It's easy to mm. do that. And, and I think you're right. I think the reason why it's called The Staircase in English, because that's your French documentary series, um, even though it's not in French, um, is because it's all about the evidence in The Staircase. Like, we get to see quite graphic pictures of the, uh, you know, the dead body on the staircase of his wife, which is kind of disturbing. Um, but it's all about, does that match up to the forensics? And I think what's interesting is because this documentary was originally, it wasn't made for Netflix when it first came out. It was, as I said, it was a French documentary series that came out in 2005 or 2004, I think, 2004. Um, and obviously at that time, you know, forensic stuff was kind of new, cutting edge. So obviously it's, it's filmed as it's actually happening, as a court case is going on. That's how they filmed it. Um, so it's very a different way of watching it. And then Netflix, once they bought the rights to it, they then added three episodes at the end of it to kind of give it an update to see what would happen next after the court case had happened. 
Um, and I think another thing, when you're talking about class, we talked about class, we talked about gender. The other thing that I think is really interesting in the staircase is that a lot of it's quite about sexuality. Because I think mm. now, if he was being tried for the same thing, I don't think the court would treat him in the same way because he was openly bisexual um, and he admitted to having sexual uh, relationships with men out during his marriage um, that his wife was supposedly happy about. And the media, he once again, he got trial by media because the media back then were incredibly negative towards him saying, you know, he's this deviant because he's bisexual. And, you know, they were obviously trying to go against him for that one reason as well, which I think is quite interesting. Yeah, he was a pervert who must have killed his wife because he had sex yes. with men. It's, exactly. it's It is incredible to hear it. now and also as... Uh, because I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one thing that, yes, the media surely wouldn't tr treat it the same way now, but also it was even somewhat used against him in court. It wasn't just yes, in the media. Was. I believe it, it was, was part of the case against him, which it I think even him. back then, and again, we're talking 15 years ago. It's not like the 19th century. It's just yeah. unbelievable that this was somehow admissible in court that being bisexual makes you more likely to be a murderer. Yeah, um, they, they, they tried to use it as some kind of biological evidence against him to say that's why he was a killer i think um we, yeah and as i said it's 15 years ago i mean if they did that now can you imagine what would happen now the reaction would be completely different um so it, it's interesting how we, we didn't even intend to talk about identity in this way but all of these documentaries show that people have prejudices that they just can't get over and that affects every single aspect of our lives really doesn't it the way that we see people the way that we judge people you know the way that as you said the way that Stephen avery looks um, and talks and behaves people would use against him obviously the way that this man in the staircase was named michael um, michael peterson michael peterson the way you know he lives his life is he was being judged for it even though it had nothing to do with the his wife's death um well although they argued it did um and then um of course the all the women in the other documentaries you know who are being not listened to who have been shut down it, it just shows you that these things play a massive part in our in our society unfortunately and and it's very disturbing when it kind of can destroy people's lives essentially and i, I agree but i also think uh that what if you see several of these uh documentaries and you know most of them are set in the u.s uh it's so we're not tar singling out america it's just because you know that's where many of these films are produced uh or mm. series uh but i think it also you gain get a picture that in each individual case there is often a particular prejudice um as you described, but also the entire system just doesn't work because uh, because most of us will have one or other characteristic that may be defined as you know uh, you know used against us. Mm -hmm. uh, because yes. you, we know of other cases where people's interests, you know, leisure interests, library cards, what you were reading about, whether you were, you know, <laughs> member of a, so, a socialist group uh, as a young person. I mean, there's always there's something that can be used, mm. and it seems that. So I think it's you know it's a very interesting argument of the chicken and egg here. Is there an in, is it the prejudice that that drives these uh, these very uh, punitive court cases, or is it because they're looking for something because they just inherently want to punish a person, and then they're going through uh, you know combing through their life and seeing if there's something they can use against them. I think it's mm. probably both. I think it's interesting the staircase that Michael Peterson himself says, and I remember that because it really struck me where he says. 
and he has a really hard time defending himself. And he says he has spent something like $100,000 on his case, has mm. a very good lawyer. They have done independent forensic analysis, you know, these things. And still, he's really struggling to really be heard. And he was saying, what if I didn't have... I'm a rich man. And even mm. so, I'm barely able to defend myself in this justice system. And he says specifically, yes, it's meant to incarcerate you, the justice system, because it's so expensive, so inaccessible for the vast majority of the population that they just don't have a chance. Mm. And, and, and then going back to making murder, it makes it very clear how incredibly difficult it is to appeal your case. Because I think we see, and I think this is the fault of Hollywood you know we always see these films with some cool lawyer pl played by Richard Gere uh, who wins a case on appeal you know but actually it almost never happens once you're yeah. judged in America you have almost no chance of getting out the winning uh, getting an appeal is difficult winning an appeal is really difficult it's basically almost impossible so so if and it seems unfortunate there's this thread that if you're arrested you're likely to be convicted and if you're convicted you're likely to stay in prison because they're very unlikely to let you out uh, even should new evidence, you know, become available? Mm, well, to, to, to just just to sum this up with uh, what Homer Simpson would say, a quote from Homer Simpson, democracy doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, well, that, is, that is the impression you can't get away with from watching this. And funny you should mention Homer Simpson because uh, I believe that we have a special episode coming up next week. We do, Which we do. will be dedicated entirely to the Simpsons family and the town where they live and the TV series uh, which... Um, which we love, uh, yes. so we will uh, try to lighten the mood uh, next time as much as we darkened it this time. Yes, um, yes, a completely different tone. Completely uh, very different, different tone. But it will be exciting. It'll be like our Legend of the Seeker episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at S of C Podcast and on Twitter at Screen of C. Uh, you can send us comments and feedback and make episode suggestions and tell us what you think of what you know we're talking about. Um, so it's been a really interesting discussion. I think, Dimitri, we could talk about other many other true crime documentaries so i definitely think we should probably do a second episode on this because i know there's more that both of us would like to talk about yes and for that i think we'll be very uh, grateful to hear some suggestions from you yes. uh yes, uh, yes. Tell us what you think we should watch if we haven't seen it so we could discuss it please do okay well thank you so much for listening today and uh, we will be back next week with our very special episode or our second very special episode so speak to you then take care and bye bye mm -hmm.